sell all of it to the public, we're a wholesale supplier of it. Hell, at least you ask. Goddamn thieves been stealing my crop all season. You know where I come from, olive theft is a huge problem too. Yeah, where's that? Palestine. Damn, that's a couple hours away. No, not Palestine, Texas. Uh, Palestine. You know, land of milk and honey. Uh, Israel, man. He, uh, Israel. Oh, with Shalom. Yeah, it's a real braining issue. What you just heard was a clip from the new Netflix original series, Mo, starring Palestinian-American comedian Mo Ammer. Welcome to This is Palestine. I'm your host for today, Khadr Jabbar, director of digital media at the IMU, and I'll be filling in for Deanna Butu. And today's episode features a very funny and very special guest, Mo Ammer, Palestinian refugee and a successful comedian with two acclaimed Netflix stand-up specials under his belt. Mo Ammer will become the first Palestinian American to have their own scripted series titled Mo, that's M-O, which is streaming right now on Netflix. And for context, this episode was recorded a few months ago. Mohammed Mo Ammer was born to Palestinian refugee parents in Kuwait before coming to the United States as a refugee himself after his family fled the Gulf War. Sharing the experience of his parents and of the Palestinian people has always been a huge part of Amr's comedy and his own identity. At nine years old, Mo found himself in his new home in Texas as his experiences there would lead to comedy gold. He's performed with some of the biggest names in comedy, co-stars in the Golden Globe winning series Rami on Hulu, and will also be starring alongside The Rock in the upcoming DC film, Black Adam. Mo has also been featured in over 100 major media outlets. Enjoy this episode and afterwards go to Netflix and go watch the show Mo. Thank you, brother. Thank you. So I wanted to start off by talking about your, your latest Netflix special, Muhammad in Texas. Great name, by the way, because the juxtaposition, when someone hears the word Muhammad, they are not thinking about Texas as the as their next thought so that's a, it's a great title and at the end of this at the end of your special i don't want to give away for people who haven't seen it but you have this really beautiful moment where you go back to palestine for the first time your family your grandparents village and i just wonder if you could just talk about that how did it feel and why you thought that was important to include that in the special um great question the that was all an accident how it ended up in the special not really an accident but more like got really lucky it was it was i finished my set and the stage itself the set design is so specific right like the wall the banksy uh there's graffiti of be someone which is like a houston slogan where i'm from uh and has mo logo and then there's like the mexico border wall as well and the american uh mexican border wall so it's just like man the crowd was going bananas after the second show uh both shows were just different but also you know amazing in their on their own right but the but the uh the second show there was something really magical in the air and the crowd was just going bananas i just like you know what i'm gonna go out there you know like an encore I, they've been screaming for like 30 seconds straight and plus i, I gotta go back out there so i was like oh, i'll just tell the story that i've told a couple of times I mean, this is a perfect moment for that story that I've that I've said on the road a few times, not many, but a few with the backdrop the way it is and the content of the special currently and I'm like I 
probably be a really nice seasoning at the end. So I did it. Very moving. It was great. And then I remembered, I was like, I think I have like footage of, of that journey somewhere. So I, I was going through all my external hard drives. I have like really old footage that I was going through and, and I couldn't find it. And then my friend um, in DC had it in her like external hard drive storage, you know, like she's, she's in production and she totally found it for, I was like, yo, what? It's crazy. And like, it was like, I think we had like maybe 12 to 24 hours to turn in the special at that point. And a lot of people were like, oh, I just, uh, some people would just, oh, I just forget it. You can't find it. I was like, no, no, if we can, I saw it in my head. It would be historical in nature. And what a beautiful way to end the the special. And so, yeah, man, found it. And I, I, was, I remember just tearing up like, I cannot believe I have every single part of the story. Because some people might have thought it was fake, right, or not real. On top of on top of the you know the elegance of having it and the emotionality of it, it's just it's like it really gives them something visual and and, and wow that just changes it up. Hearing it is one thing, seeing it is another thing. It's certain. So that's that's how it all went down. It was just kind of like based off of intention. Let's see where this goes, uh, and and it turned out really. I couldn't be happier. Like my just watching my mom watch it before I released it, showing it to her screening for her was one of the best days of my life. You know, also for just myself being a Palestinian and seeing watching this comedy special and at the end having that that footage of you going back home was just a really powerful thing to see. It's not something you you know you commonly see in any kind of comedy special. So And that's what it's about, right? That's what it's about. Like, you know, and, and like I got my own day here in Houston and part of that declaration was was like, hey, I want to motivate underprivileged uh, uh, minorities or people that normally won't have access to to seeing themselves on TV or seeing themselves that way. And that's why like, I brought my project to Houston, too, was to give people access that I didn't have, surely, when I was first starting out here in the late 90s. You know what I mean? You know? So it just changes the game. I mean, imagine just like always having this dream and the next thing you know it's at your at your doorstep like oh this is really tangible i can do this too it's very possible that's beautiful thing give people hope and and ambition and, and like telling our stories is so important you know so important definitely and yeah and congrats just again on on having that second special i know doing one one hour special is hard work and to do a whole second one is a is a feat on its own so you know big congrats on that thank you Thank you, bro. I got many more. I got many more in the tank. We're just beginning. Yeah, keep them, keep them coming. And just to kind of touch on what you said about, you know, just kind of showing people, you know, like, you know, because of a lack of diversity. When you were just starting out and telling your parents, you know, your family that you wanted to pursue stand-up, what was that like? Because, you know, a lot of times I think in our, in our community or just being Palestinian, that's not like a, you know, like a, a thing that people want to pursue or are encouraged to pursue so was was that tough or was it just super positive sure um at that point i didn't have my father he passed away when i was 14 so he wasn't around but my mom you know i'll just say this it's not stand-up comedy is a indigenous art form to america it's part of it's one of three it's like jazz hip-hop and stand-up that's it so nobody really understood stand-up in particular 
I mean, I'm sure if I wanted to be a musician, my mom wouldn't have been happy either, but um, it just was so foreign. And I think it's also like really motivating to figure out whether it's really for you or not and see what kind of guts you have. No more, I would like to, I think that normally the way these conversations have gone is like to look at the parents and what they were concerned about and how closed-minded that could be, that could look that to be. And, and in fact, it is just a trial for you to see if that's really what you want to do or not. Because the fact of the matter is, if that's what you're intended to do, that's what you are meant to do, nothing could stop that. Nothing could stop that. They could deter you. They could, you know, they could not support you. But that should just motivate you more to be the best and to be great at it. So I think that's where really where it's at. And it's also just like, man, if I was my mom, if I was in her shoes, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you were, <laughs> I'd show up at 3 o'clock in the morning, like, show up to the house, like, as an 18-year-old kid, like, what are you doing? You're at clubs, you know? Like, it's, I would feel the same way. Like, this kid's lost. It's over, you know? <laughs> she doesn't understand that I had a vision from a young age to, like, influence culture in a certain way and introduce stuff in a certain way that's never been seen before, and that's exciting. And that's, like, worth a lifetime's work. Like, I knew that from an early age. I'm like, no, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Nothing can stop that. What was the exact moment you stand-up you saw there? Like, this is what I want to do. Um, I saw I saw stand-up when I was 10 years old, and I was just like, that's what I wanted to do for sure. That's what I'm doing. And then four years later, my dad died, and my teacher, you know, I was constantly vocalizing. I would be a comedian. I'd be a comedian because it was so real. It was like something that was... I couldn't articulate. I didn't have the words for it, but I had the meaning. So I, I, um, uh, I just was like, I was just constantly saying it. I'm a big comedian. I was always the funniest kid. I was the funniest guy in school, like in my classes. I would do voices. And then my dad died, and I started skipping. I was doing all the stuff, and I, which I've talked about before. But uh, my teacher, Mrs. Reed, and Mrs. Broderick, Mrs. Reed in particular, she's the one who put me up in front of the class and let me do stand-up. And I just knew. I just knew. And then when I walked into the comedy showcase, when I was 17, I did a spot at that club here in Houston that's no longer here, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, Danny Martinez, who's one of the best mentors of all time, mentored a lot of great comedians to go on and have successful careers. He's the one who, it was like the light bulb there. It was like another light bulb moment when he was just like, look, it's going to take you 20 years for overnight success, but if you listen to me, you're going to be on television. You're going to have specials. You're going to tour the world. You're going to be one of the best comedians. I, he saw everything. He told me all this. He would, like, tell me by years of how old I am. Like, in this point, you'll be here. At that point, you'll be here. And he would, couldn't have been more accurate. You know, couldn't have been more accurate. And he was like, it's just going to take you 20 years. You're in or not? I was like, absolutely. Because he said, if you're not, don't waste my time. It was one of those things. And I listened to everything he said and like a playbook and and – that's where I am. I'm a great student. <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats, man. And just to build off more of your success, you're going to be one of, I think, one of the first or if not the first Arab American and certainly Palestinian American to have their own scripted Netflix show, and which is loosely based on, on your life from what I understand. Can you talk a little bit about that and the process of that? Sure, sure. Uh, we just wrap production on that. It is, um, at, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a Palestinian um, leader or family depicted on television um, so that's really exciting I had a blast doing that um, it's gut-wrenching <laughs> writing that it's based a lot on my life 
and uh, a lot of it is fictionalized as well. You know, it is television. And so, and so, yeah, that was like an amazing journey. We just finished shooting that like, like two, three weeks ago. And so that was, I mean, what else to say, bro? Let me tell you something. Be careful what you wish for because it's a lot of damn work. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Some people, I think Kevin Hart said this. Everybody wants to be famous. They don't want to do the work. I don't want to be famous. I want to make great art. And if that's, if fame is a consequence of that, then that's phenomenal. That's that's like, of course, I'll take that. You know, not, not like, oh, I don't really. No, I'm sure it comes with a lot of perks. <laughs> I'll take that perk. There's pros and cons to everything. But just being real, it was just like the work, and, and that's what I'm driven by is telling the stories, which is such a like ancient Arab tradition, right? It's in like it's totally in my blood. I was, I was born this way. It's not something that I learned to be this way. I was 100% born for it. I'm really excited for it. I mean, it's a huge accomplishment. And I know that if I was growing up and I saw a show like that, it would just be, it would make such an impact on me. And so I think there's going to be a whole generation of people that you inspire, especially young Palestinians, to pursue more art storytelling. So that I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. And the little kid that plays me in the show, the little boy that plays me, I mean, imagine that, bro. He was, he was like no acting ambitions, really. You know, uh, just Palestinian kid living in the Northeast, uh, and he's just like, whatever, just a happy, chubby kid, you know, Palestinian kid. And we were just, like, going on a search of who could play young me in the flashbacks. And look what happened, bro. Now he's in a series. He's never acted before a day in his life and uh, and just, like, became like a fish to water by the time it was done. You know, he was just, like, bummed out. He was like, I'm a little depressed. I'm not shooting. Like, it's so cute. But this, I mean, imagine what that's going to do. That's that's what I really get juiced up about, you know? Just, like, that's going to be in that kid's heart and mind forever. Like, that's it. And, what, and then when he goes home and all his friends see that, that's just, like, that's everything to me. That's, like, everything to me. Yeah, inspiring those after me is what it's all no, about. No, that's, that's, that's really beautiful. Um, I... I see that we were short on time, so I'm just going to ask one more question. Your latest special, there's a lot of growth you can see in your storytelling and your comedy, and it's, it's a lot more raw than your first special. Um, and I think one of the main things that I really enjoyed was how you, you know, because you're from, you're a Palestinian refugee from Kuwait, you came to Texas, and in this special, you really talk about the differences that you notice growing up in the U.S. versus, uh, like, Middle East versus Western culture. You have a really great bit about homeless that I enjoyed a lot. But I was just wondering, what are some other funny little observations like that that you noticed? Or, you know, you don't have to tell them all if, if they're in your next special, but... They're in my next. Yeah, they're in my next. <laughs> what do you want people to walk away with when they watch your special? I mean, that's what's so beautiful about art. I'll answer the, first question, the second question first. Um, everybody can interpret it their own way, and that's, it's always interesting to me for people to to hear what their interpretations are. So it's fascinating. And most of the time people are spot on. I would say like, so I'm thankful. I'm like, oh, okay, I emoted the right thing to most of the people, which is great. 
Um, but the the 2% that are off, they're way off. You know, like they miss the whole thing. It goes over their heads completely. They don't get it. They think I'm just being vulgar for the sake of being vulgar rather than like the art of like storytelling and making a point. You know, <laughs> like it's that. It's like a bit can look like, oh, it's cursing, but it's really about language, right? <laughs> it's it's about the, the depth and, and of language. The, the cursing is just funny, you know? It's way funnier than other stuff. It just is. And that was used for something else that you'll see at the end of the special, right? It was like all part of the art of telling it that way. So, yeah, that's really about it. That's that's really on that side. So I prefer people just to interpret the way they are. But hopefully, my, the intent of it is to be a unifying thing. And and uh, and you know, it's natural. Nothing in it is forced. It was all done under uh, while I was producing this my tv series and writing the tv series why simultaneously like touring and coming off of a four-month movie you know what i mean like i'm exhausted so it was raw and it was real and it and it and it was like in the moment so that's the part that i'm very excited about you know none of it was like planned like the rock being in there was not planned to make the edit i just asked him to do a cool intro to surprise the audience and it was his idea i was like great yeah i'll do that i'll use it i didn't have intent of that but i'll use it so it's just stuff like that that was just uh really really cool and unique but it's definitely like a unifier it's supposed to open up conversation it's supposed to be about like ownership this is ours give us credit this is where it comes from we exist it's all love you know also it could be all love that's what i'm leading with versus like trying to be you know, negative and divided. It's more like, hey, that's not working. You know what I mean? It's just not. Whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter. Fuck my ego. It's about, like, it's about having a conversation so we can all live normal lives. Please, you know, because it's out of hand. And it's not good for either of us. So that's how it felt to me. It's not good for either of us. It's all love. And if it wasn't for a Jewish woman in D.C., that that closing of the of the special wouldn't have been as good you know like she's the one who helped me do that. you know what i mean like there is there's such power in being able to communicate and work together versus being apart that's that's the, and also like it better be hilarious like it doesn't nothing else matters it's not just about being palestinian it's not just about being arab american in America is like uh, it's just like it's just about everything you know as a global unit definitely well put Moammer thank you for coming on here on to This is Palestine uh, congratulations on all your success and all your future success like you put it art telling is a, is a powerful tool and having you on stage as a Palestinian and telling your story and ultimately telling our people's story is, is really powerful and really needed. So thank you for all that you do. Yo, thank you for having me. Thank you, brother. Much love, man. Thank you for doing what you do, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to This is Palestine, a podcast brought to you by the Institute for Middle East Understanding. The IMEU is a nonprofit focused on giving you access to untold stories, facts, and expert sources on all things Palestine. For more information, please visit our website, at www.imeu.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the IMEU. Please don't forget to subscribe. I'm Deanna Butu. Thanks for listening.